Welcome to In The Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm excited to have Jessica Sweet on the call with us today, who's a career coach and licensed therapist. She runs wishingwellcoach.com. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about how she got started and how she's growing a business in the coaching space. So Jessica, thank you so much for being in the trenches with us today. Thank you so much. Of course. So let's start with the origin story. How did you get to what you're doing today? I was first, as you mentioned, a therapist. I was a social worker, and I was doing that work and loving it for a long time and actually had no intention whatsoever of starting a business. Never even crossed my mind. But I have two kids now, but I I had my first daughter. And after I had her, I quickly realized that daycare was pretty expensive. And I would, if I went back to work, I'd be swapping my salary for daycare. And that just didn't make any sense to do. So I realized I had to do something different and spent some time trying to figure out what that was. So I thought about you know what my skills were, what my talents were, and how I could get paid to do something with those. And I realized that I could probably get paid more coaching and doing something online than I could if I did pretty much anything else. I also have a passion for working with people and it's, it's what I've done my whole career. So it just seemed like, you know, after thinking about it, it seemed like a natural fit for me. So it sounds like the desire then was it had to be something that you could do from home, right? Was that the idea? Absolutely. I joked for for years actually that I was under house arrest. Like I really like literally never left the house and grew my business totally online. So yeah, I had to do it from home. And then as you looked at the scope of work that could be done, I guess I'm curious, how do you get into like obviously you were a therapist, but and so maybe there's something to that, but how do you get into the career coaching? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did my own kind of soul searching and I've heard before and probably heard too, like they said, the calling chooses you. And I, again, like I never really thought about it. I, if you told me that I would end up here, I would be shocked. But my story is that growing up, my, my dad really hated his job, completely hated it. And I think I grew up feeling like people should really love what they do. Like that's just one of my core beliefs. So when I had this opportunity to think about what do I want to do, what I want, I want to help people with, I really felt like I wanted to help people figure out what they wanted to do and how they could do that. And so what that was, you know, what that equaled was career coaching and just helping people figure out, you know, who are they really, what do they want to do? What are they best at? Yeah. And how can they get hired? And that's interesting because my question then would be, unless I'm not seeing part of it is, well, you kind of, you stepped into that then and it wasn't that you had a degree in it per se, or that you had necessarily like background or experience with that as it is. So how do you, how do you step into a space without that? Like that's a challenge I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, that's a really good question. I, 
I just did. I just learned as much as I could. And I, I, you know, the coaching space is an interesting space because up until recently, there's no real, you know, it's becoming more and more regulated, but there's sort of not a huge amount of regulation. And I felt like with my background as a therapist that I could be a coach. Um, And what I really needed to learn was about careers and also about business. So I spent my time learning those two things because I really felt like I knew how to work with people, but I, I didn't know enough about careers. I didn't know enough about how to run a business. So I stepped into it and learned as much as I could, as fast as I could. And I'm still learning, obviously, every day, you know, reading everything I can. But I, I just did. I just stepped into it and learned as I went. Yeah. And I, I love that because it's an important message. I Sometimes I stop and think about where I'm at and wonder how did I get here in many ways and think about how hard it is to start from scratch. But it's, that's what I did. And it is just putting one foot in front of the other, I think, and just kind of walking that path. So you're going into it. It's a new landscape. What are some of the first things you do? Mm, yeah. So I started a website. I mean, <laughs> it's interesting looking back. And I don't know that I ever really asked myself that question. I just kind of did. But I started a website. And I think the first thing that I realized I needed to do was just kind of get seen and get, get heard. And I, I guess that is the first thing that you do. So in this circumstance where I was under house arrest, like I knew I couldn't do any speaking. I couldn't even really do any coffee meetings with people. It was all going to be online. And the best way for me to do that was blogging and guest posting. Back then when I started, which was about nine years ago now, at least to my knowledge, there wasn't a whole lot of video happening. There wasn't a whole lot of podcasts happening. If it was happening, it wasn't in my you know, field of vision. I wasn't seeing that going on. So I just started blogging um, and I started guest posting wherever I could to get seen and, and get on the radar. And how did you approach that though? I'm curious, like the blogging and podcasting, like was there, was it just like, hey, let's just throw some stuff out there? Did you start with like any kind of framework? What was that process? Or was it just really kind of putting things out there and feeling it out? And also give a time horizon. I don't think we've, we've established dates and times. Like, when did you start doing that? Yeah, so my daughter was born in 2008. So it was somewhere around there. It's probably late 2008 maybe early 2009 that I started. And I think just my personality is sort of a less structured one. So I didn't, I didn't go into it with a huge plan. I just started writing and started submitting guest posts wherever I thought, you know, would be appropriate for my post to appear and where I thought I could get accepted. And I started getting accepted and started building an email list and, you know, started reading about business and the importance of an email list and started building my list really early on. So, and so this is 2008, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty early in a lot of ways in terms of blogging. I mean, obviously I've been going on for a while before that, I'm guessing, but I feel like I don't even know if it's at a peak yet. I'm sure maybe it did at some point or at least the popularity of it. I remember that being a time though. It was like very early getting into it. Kind of like, I don't know, maybe like Instagram or Snapchat is now or something like that, Facebook bots. But that's interesting. So you started doing that. How did you start making money from it? You start offering consulting, coaching uh, services. Was services the first things you offer? What did you do? Yeah, so I offered individual coaching 
and you have to remember this is really really slow like I started out super slow I did this like between naps and you know cleaning up Cheerios off the floor like this is crawling I was crawling in my business but I just kept going my email list wasn't growing at lightning speed it was just crawling along but it was moving so I was just doing what I could and I I did a little bit each day was there any kind of tipping point for you or was this just gradual growth the whole way? I think that it was gradual and slow for a really, really long time. But then it wasn't until actually very recently, to be honest, that it started doing much better. And the, and the thing that changed is, so I had another daughter. I have, a, I have two kids now and she's six. So last year she went to kindergarten. So last year was the first year that had sort of more ability to work on it full time. So it's still, you know, still when the bus comes, that's when I'm home with my kids. And I'm still really thankful that I get the chance to do that because, you know, I can work my schedule around them and be with them. But that was the first time since it started that that I really had the chance to really focus on it. And that, I think, so far has been the tipping point. That's awesome. So tell me about this. You got started blogging, podcasting, so your content creation. And you started that a while ago. You're fairly established then in that regard. Does that give you an edge in the space at all? So I, I was not podcasting. That I don't think that it didn't necessarily. It might have existed, but it wasn't in my scope at that. Oh, point. I'm sorry. Did I just make that up then? Maybe I, I misheard then. <laughs> That's okay. No, I was just I was guest posting and guest and posting it. Okay, got it. Does it give me an edge? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean. It maybe gives me an edge over, definitely over some people. I'm certainly not as well known as other people in my space. There's definitely room for me to grow still. Um, You know, I've been doing this for a while and I think that I do have some advantages over, you know, some people in this space. I've hit a kind of a, a stride in my business. So that's a good thing. So what's working now for you? Is it still the blog and guest blogging or? Have you used other strategies or techniques to grow your business? Yeah. So I am doing some blogging now, but not as much as I was. I think what I'm really focusing on now is connecting more with other other bloggers and trying to do some video of my own using Facebook Live and other other mediums like that. That's something I'm just starting to think about and get into. So what's been, like for you, I guess, in the last like, year or two, what's been the primary generator of leads in business? And that could be maybe a three-peat business from, I'm just curious, like, especially from your management being in the coaching space, and then also in the career space, you know, both, both spaces that are challenging. So what, what's your primary way of generating leads? Yeah, uh, there's a couple of things. I've built a huge network of, a huge referral network. So I've connected with a lot of people in my space. I've thought about what do people think about when they think about needing to change careers. And what I've found um, is that most people don't think to themselves, you know, God, my job stinks. I need to change careers. They think, God, my job stinks. I need to get my resume fixed up so I can get out of here. So what I've done is I've networked with a ton of resume writers and created a situation that's that's win-win and 
I have a steady flow of referrals from resume writers and top resume writers where, you know, they refer to me and because I don't write resumes, I refer them back once the, mm. once the clients really know what they're doing and have been, you know, well-served and, and gotten everything that they need from me, they go right back to the resume writers. So that's been really good. It's an, an offline strategy, but I find these people online. Um, so that's been great. And I'm, I'm working to get back, like I said, online um, with video and other things, but mm. my blogging engine has petered out a little bit mm-hmm. over the last year or so. I've, uh, I've lost all the steam, so I have to get back into that. So referrals, which mm-hmm. I think is smart. It sounds like strategic partnerships with people that you can send referrals their way and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the primary. I mean, I think that's actually often overlooked and underrated. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about that the other day, actually. With some of the things I'm working on, I'm like, I just don't have bandwidth for some of the projects. I'm like, and I would would be so happy to hand these off to people if, if there were like good people in the space that could do certain things. Um, and in mo- some cases I do, I, I have great people that I just consistently refer others to and other, other certain areas. It's like kind of really hard to find people, but I think to myself, you know, when you're just getting started, a lot of people are like trying to fill it out. What should I do? That kind of, that kind of thing. And I think, man, there's just, there's so much opportunity to get started. It's really not a matter of opportunity. It's like, where are you going to put in the work and then building those relationships? I mean, I think that could be the fastest path to profit for people who are just getting started online is just go find where somebody already has, already yeah. has business and you could supplement their business with something that you do or, or whatever it might be. I mean, that's just such a no brainer, but a lot of people don't even approach it that way. Yeah. I, I mean, I was saying the other day, I think like offline is the new online in some ways. It's just can be really hard to get seen online especially if you're just starting off it's not impossible but it's hard but if you're good at what you do and you can think of a value proposition for people you might partner with you can be the guy or the girl that approaches that person and says hey you know I have an idea what if we did this and I can't tell you the number of times that people have said to me you know thanks for reaching out Nobody connects anymore. Nobody talks anymore. And I really just appreciate you taking the time to have a conversation with me about this. And especially, again, if you're good at what you do and you have a real value proposition, not just a money-making proposition, but a value proposition, which I do, it's, it is about value. You know, I'm offering through the work that I do, I'm offering value to my clients and also with my resume writers, resume writers get stuck. They need to offer their clients a targeted resume. They can't just write a blanket resume like here's what you've done in the past. The resume has to be targeted to this is what this person can do in a job. It has to be very targeted to the position that they're looking for. So if somebody comes into their offices and says, I don't know what I want to do. The resume writer is like, well, I don't know how to help you. So if they have a resource like me that can then say, you know, let me help this person figure out what it is that they want to do next. That's a valuable resource. So if you as a business owner can figure out how you offer value to the person you're approaching as a strategic partner, then that strategic partner is like, heck yeah, I really want to work with you. As an added bonus, if you offer um, a referral fee, if you will pay them for that referral, they really want to work with you. And you can pay referral fees all day long because you're making money on that money. So it's it's a really great way to build 
building business. I completely agree with that. It's like so overlooked, but what a, a simple process to establish and a great thing for people to think about. And just partnerships in general. I've always been a big, big proponent of collaboration, working with other people anyway. Like it's the fastest way to get the foot in the door. But I also just see so many people struggling. It's like they're they're struggling as if they're in their own, you know, in their own bubble and they kind of put themselves there. Versus saying, well, you know, if I have this product or service, where can I reach other people's audiences? You know, how can I reach other people's audiences or other people's clients? And can I just go straight to the source? And typically it's not that hard to actually do it. You need to have some some weight behind it, obviously. But once you have a tracker, then it becomes exceedingly easy, I would say, to keep it now, whether it's easy to grow it. And, you know, there's a lot of variables here. But in terms of if you can, with the assumption that you can deliver on whatever that product or service that you're offering, and I don't see why you shouldn't be able to continue to get referrals. I mean, it's interesting. I, I don't do any marketing for my services at all. And I'm very lucky that way. That's very public success stories, which is great. So that's been just the the machine that's fed me that and then past client successes. And it's interesting. It's like, maybe it's not a real technique or strategy, but or maybe it is, but it's like, I know if I just keep doing what I'm doing and if I do it well, then there's gonna be a natural referral kind of mechanism built in it as well. So that's the nice thing too. So with what you're doing, I'm curious here. Oh, here's the question I want to ask, but if you can, if you want to comment on what I just said too, that's great as well. But it was specifically this, it sounds like what you're offering is in many ways, what I might describe as advisory services. And clarify that for me, if that's not the case, like advisory as in somebody needs your knowledge, input, advice, but maybe you're not, but is it, you're not, you know, you're not writing the resume per se. So I'm looking at doing more of that. A lot of that stuff happens pretty organically, but I'm always really curious, like what would it take for me to set up my business or start reaching more people specifically with that as the intent that it's going to be advisory. So I'm curious what your take is on that. How hard or easy is it to sell something like that where it's advisory? What are the things that you've learned over this time when it comes to advisory type services? And again, clarify if I, I mistook any. Yeah, no, some of what I do is advisory. I offer more coaching than advice. And there's a distinction there, which I don't need to get into, but. Well, do that for me, actually, because maybe that's where I'm, I'm using the wrong terminology here. Okay. So advice would be like, you would ask me a question and I would say, well, Tom, here's what I would do. I would do X, Y, Z, and here's why. And so that would be more advisory or consulting where I would sort of offer you an answer um, about something. Coaching would be where you would ask me a question and I would say, well, you know, let's think about that. What do you think about this? And I kind of walk you through until you got to the point where you were like, you were like, oh, you know what I think? I think it makes sense to do this because of X, Y, Z. And so you kind of come to your own answer based on what we discuss and think through together. Does that make sense? It does. So instead of me sharing my knowledge and my experience with you and telling you what to do, I'm helping you think about what you should do based on my experience and insights and questions. Okay. And so that distinction, I'm curious, how important is that distinction when it comes to marketing or selling that kind of service? Then? That's a great question. I think it is important because, so it's the difference between a done for you service where somebody's like, I, I just can't think about this. I just need somebody to tell me what to do, or I need help thinking this through. And I think it depends on how much control somebody wants or needs over a situation. Sometimes somebody wants a consultant where they just come in and say, here's the project. 
get it figured out. And somebody, sometimes somebody wants a coach where they're like, you know, here's a complex problem. Can we sort this through together? But they still want some control over the outcome. And, you know, they just want a thought partner in it, but somebody who's objective and somebody that can help them stay accountable and help them understand, you know, what they don't understand. Do you ever find, since you do both, that there's any, I guess, challenge from one, well, if you offer both, maybe, maybe not, maybe I'm answering the question. But I guess when you're, you're speaking with somebody or you're, you're going through that process of there's a prospect, maybe from a client coaching or advisory, or let's say like you're trying to offer coaching, but it's not really for them. I'm just curious, like, what are some of the ways you've found that to actually, like, actually sell coaching and dig into that however you want? Maybe it has a lot to do with like how you're generating leads in the first place, but I'm just curious what your take is on it. How, how to sell it? Yeah. It's how to sell the coaching aspect of it. Because I find coaching is like really nebulous concept in a lot of ways. I mean, the way you define it was actually really good, mm-hmm. but it's also to me, I struggle with the value proposition of a lot of coaching. I'm sure a lot of people do. Right. And of course, you know, we know that the bar can be lowered because anybody can become a coach, quote unquote, that it yeah. does a disservice to those who are actually doing a good job in the space. So it's mm-hmm. like, that's a real struggle, I feel like. And I've, and that's the one of the things I've been kind of hesitant when it comes to like offering coaching, for example, because I'm like, well, I'm a little nervous because I'm put off because I feel like so many people have so many bad experiences with it. And yet I know how important good coaching is. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm wondering. How do you actually sell that? How do you sell the idea? Or how do you get somebody to like embrace your idea rather than maybe if you don't like the idea of selling it, but like, what's your approach to that? Right. So it's becoming easier than it used to be because I think more and more people do understand it or it's just, they believe in buying the concept of coaching literally and figuratively just because coaching is more accepted. But in terms of like the black and white of how I do it, I I have a like hour basically, or sometimes even longer call with people to basically like understand what they're looking for and make sure that they're fit for me and that I'm a fit for them you know, I want to understand what their situation is and make sure that not only are they somebody that I can coach and somebody that, you know, kind of wants to be coached and not somebody that is just looking to be, you know, consulted with, like somebody that just wants the answers to be handed to them. Um, I literally, I'll tell you this story real quickly. I literally have had a conversation just comes to mind where somebody, I mean, the gist of it, it took longer than this, but the gist of it was the guy, you know, described the situation to me and then was like, you know, so, so what should I do? Should I quit? And I was like, you know, I, I can't tell you that. Like, there's so many variables here. You've got a family, you've got, like, there's so many variables. I cannot tell you if you should quit your job. Right. He got so mad at me and he hung up. Like, that's not what I do. And it would be very irresponsible if I did that. So, I mean, you have to, I think you have to make sure, like it's a vetting process is the first part of the answer. Like you have to vet the people that you work with. So it is sort of time consuming to make sure that the people that you're trying to coach are sort of coachable and that they understand the service that they're buying. Mm -hmm. So that's a piece of it. The other thing is it's about the results. I mean, people are always buying the result. And if they understand in theory how they're getting there, you know, we're, we're getting there through like our collaborative effort and not me handing you an answer, then a lot of people are like, all right, I'll take that leap with you. So that's sort of in a nutshell how it works. But Okay. So now tell me a little bit about kind of, you've gone through that process. So maybe share a little bit about kind of, you know, that process that you use as you, you're doing, because you're, 
you're a service provider, so you're you're an owner operator. It's kind of mm-hmm. how I describe myself a little bit, and I find that it's, it's challenging because then you're marketing, you're selling, you're also on the delivery side of things. Um, how do you manage it all, and how do you prioritize? Yeah, that's super hard. I struggle to be honest. It's really hard. I do my best to have as many systems in place as I can. And uh, I have two VAs, (laughs) so that helps, you know, and I, I try to keep it as simple as possible, as hard as that is. It's hard. I just, I try, I try to do what I can and, and it's systems. It's just the fact that I've been doing it for a while, but it's still a struggle. It's not easy. It's not easy. And I don't have as much time as some other people have. No, it's, uh. And especially, you know, having a family, having kids, it's like, it's, that's quite the challenge. And I don't, you know, I think that's what's such a big struggle for people is prioritization. It's anytime I like serving my audience. It's always like, always fundamentally, I feel like it comes back to, it comes down to prioritization, which I think is a matter of organization and knowing what you're doing partially. So a lot of it's my opinion when I look at it, people are struggling with like the planning and prioritization process because they're just overwhelmed by things. It seems like there's a million things to do, but. If you really, I get, I, I think what I found is that a lot of that stuff can fall by the wayside. There's usually only kind of the 80 20 principle, Pareto principle, the idea that, you know, there's going to be probably about 20% of what you do that leads to 80% or 90% or 99% of the results. So that other 80% that you think you have to do probably don't quite have to do. And so I'm always just curious how people navigate that landscape. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I try to think about, you know, what's going to move the needle. And it's the same, it is the Pareto principle. It's the same thing. Like if I get this done, is that going to make a difference in my bottom line or not? And so, you know, focusing on things like the resume writer networking type stuff, those bigger things versus things that are smaller, but it's still hard. I, I would have to add myself to your list of people struggling with the prioritization. It's not something I've mastered. We try to think about, you know, what makes the most bang for my buck. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I think everybody has that, that same challenge, you know, mm-hmm. and even the most successful is out there, they have more opportunities than ever. And so that becomes a challenge in and of itself. So anyway, I think fascinating, fascinating conversation, Jessica, I appreciate you digging in. I want to give you the floor. Where can people reach out to find you? And then also if they're interested in, in kind of what you offer, tell them how they can get a hold of you. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So great. Thank you. Um, so my website is wishingwellcoach.com and you can reach out to me at jessica at wishingwellcoach.com. That's my email. And then I also offer a career change guide. It's um, wishingwellcoach.com uh, backslash career change 40, the number four zero. Um, and that's for people who are um, currently working or, you know, anybody that's thinking about just making career change, um, whether you're looking for a different job or you're changing into a business. If you're looking to make a career change, that's something that might be helpful. I love it. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for being in the trenches with us today. It was a blast having you. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorkis.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.